Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of the Kids Taste in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me is... Solo. Oh, Solo. <laughs> I just... I was, I was hoping you were going to say something funny this time. It was it was funny to me, because it was just so... Solo. Okay, yeah. Just dead? No, definitely not working. Okay, you're right, I'm sorry. It's funny to me, though, so I'm going to save it. Let's try and spend good. at least two or three minutes on just uh, saying your name. Solo. By the way, is my name Solomon Cooper? Also I'm works. A, I'm bored of this bit. I'm backing out of it. All right, bye bye. Abort, abort. All right, we have a great uh, show this week. Um, not not a ton of huge movies uh, came out. However, uh, we did have the newest horror movie from I don't know, probably one of the most successful uh, directors currently working, James Wan. James his, Wan. His new movie, Malignant, came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with that, uh, we also had the drop of the newest bit of Star Wars content, which we'll briefly discuss. I'd like to go into a little bit more depth later, um, which is Star Wars Visions. Yes, we love it. By the way, guys, <laughs> that don't even get to dive into it. Just skip to straight to we love it. Well, I like. You know it. what? I hated it. Uh, no, you didn't. I thought it was garbage. Don't lie to yourself. Um, and the viewers, the listeners. Well, let's let's go ahead and go into into um, visions, and um, yeah, then we'll then we'll do our our I guess review of of malignant. Malignant, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Star Wars visions. Why don't you just quickly let everybody know what that is? Star Wars anime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, I just, my brain is for some for some reason quick to the point. Oh, your brain is quick to the point, eh? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, sure, it's Star Wars anime. Can you give us a little bit more than that? So I'm pretty sure they got like seven f- like famous, popular anime. You're pretty sure? You think think people are tuning into this podcast for pretty sure? Yes, I'm 100% <laughs> sure, actually. Okay. Um, seven like anime studios to, who are like apparently big fans of Star Wars and stuff. So they gave them, you know, the opportunity to do a bunch of Star Wars animes. So they did. That's that's what they did. Yeah, it's a series of uh, nine, nine short films, and they're not films. Yeah, I mean animated films. What would you call them? Episodes. 
They're completely unrelated to each other. They have all have a completely different art style, and they're all huh. of them in different studios. So, so what if is a bunch of complete short films? What if is a bunch of dog blankety blank? But no, it's not the same. What if is made by the same people, the same studio, and it's the same art style? Visions is each one is completely self-contained, completely unrelated to the in next. The same world, though. Sure, they're all in the same world. There's, I would still say that there's little, there's Star Wars short but films. episodes. And is, they, range it, in, they range in length between like 10 minutes and 25 minutes. More like 15 minutes and 25 minutes. Oh, yeah, that really matters. Um, yeah, because 15-minute episodes are episodes. Have I'm you gonna, seen regular show? I'm going to still say that. Uh, They're not short films. Yes, they are. It's a, so it's a series of short films, not a show. Yeah, it's a series of short films. Not a show. Not, not a show. You're, series of short films, a, short film you, collection. I feel like you seem stupid. Uh, look, this has already been done several times in uh, the Matrix. They did the Animatrix. Um, there was one that was recently done that used, uh, I think, a lot of different Batman stories. And I mean, what well, before there was streaming services, and if this had come out on a DVD like the Animatrix, what would have? What would you say that it was? A show. You would say it's a show that only ran. The Animatrix, I think, only had four thing, four short films on it. How long and you would they? say, and you would say, there are four shows. How long are they? Four the episodes. The world's shortest miniseries. Yeah. How long are they? How long is each episode? I don't remember. Animatrix came out a long time ago, like when I was in high school. Oh, I never even heard of the Animatrix for one. So you know what? Doesn't matter. I'm right. You're wrong. You always are. So anyway, this is a Star Wars short film collection that was recently released called Star, Star Wars, Wars Visions. Visions. It's very good. Um. Yeah, so I, you're done recapping. You just wanted to say Star Wars anime. Oh, yeah, it's, it's Star Wars anime. What else was there to say? There, you already said there's a bunch of different episodes, yeah. and they're all self-contained. So, I was asking, so you, you know, sure they're done. all, and they're all very neat, and they all have very beautiful art styles, like yeah. each of them in a different way. The first one is like a black and white. Yeah, it's like kind of very traditional Japanese-style artwork. Um, yeah. Really follows like the Akira Kurosawa like I think Yojimbo and Seven Samurai specifically, you could use you could have used storyboards from some of those movies for some of the shots in that that first one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, they they just range uh, their the art styles are so varied. I mean, one of the episodes that we we watched the, the art style was like straight up uh, Mega Man or Astro Boy. Yeah, and um, then one of them felt uh, like a different anime. One of them was very, very much like a Princess Mononoke vibe. Like, they were really going for that, um, you know, Ghibli uh, art style. One. There was one that was, like, reminded me of, like, old school anime. Like, like Voltron, almost. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, which... Uh, the one of the twins. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was like, it was like an 80s style. Yeah, it was very classic. <laughs> it was an 80s style. Like it, Gundam, more like. I was thinking Speed Racer. Speed Racer, yeah, or Gundam. Yeah, <laughs> Gundam, Gundam. I would be right. So, either way, whatever. You, anybody who's watched watched anime in the eighties will will know what you're talking about. Yeah, I I thought it was that that episode specifically. Actually, is the only one that kind of really annoyed me. Kind of really annoyed me, but because the whole time they were like just hanging out in space with no space helmets on. Right? They was, were within the field of the force field of the the, the ship. What they were if they were within the field? No, I don't think they were within the field. Also, what force field? Not the force field. I mean, like 
You know, you know how they all—they were literally just outside running around on a star destroyer. It wasn't a star destroyer necessarily. That other guy was hanging out on the front of his X-wing while it zoomed all around. He was not underneath the force field when he was doing that. He held his breath. <laughs> They're force users, Dad. Well, anyway, that was kind of silly, but. Um, well, we didn't, we didn't, we were trying to, uh, space it out. So we didn't want to just binge watch all of it at once, but I will definitely say so far, absolutely worth checking out. Um, and yeah, if if there's, if there's, uh, there's an episode that you don't like, just wait till the next one. You know, you'll, unless you just hate anything animated, there will be a tone to find you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In which case, uh, don't watch it it at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good show. It's a good show. Good collection of m- mini movies or, or short films. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to actually just briefly give a shout out to another show that dropped, um, but Solomon has not seen. You can't blame me for that. All right, it's not my fault that I was at my mom's house. I don't think that you would have. Uh, I don't think that you would have wanted to watch a, a show where the episodes are like an hour and ten minutes long each. Wouldn't have been able to handle it. You're right. Yeah. But still, you can't blame me. You watched it all. Yeah, I'm not blaming you. That's I'm just letting the listeners know. <laughs> no, blame me. You know, he's like, well, Solomon hasn't watched this show yet, but it's my fault. It's I only not. say that about Ted Lasso. Nah, nah. What other show have I said it about? Of others. Yeah, exactly. I can just give me some. Time. Yeah, so um, Mike Flanagan's new show dropped. Uh, you didn't see, and you didn't watch his other shows either. I watched. Okay, don't even don't. Even with me right now, all right? I'm not going to go into detail about every single reason why I didn't watch all these shows. I'm just saying you didn't watch them. So like, you, you didn't watch The Haunting of Hill House? No, because you watched that with my aunt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm rolling my eyes really, really hard. I don't think anybody knows how hard it is to get Solomon to commit to watching any show that's more than, like, five minutes long. Um, 30 minutes long, more like. Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's, like, a 45-minute long show... It's like, well, we can watch one episode that's a week. A, that's not a week. One episode a day. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be done by the end of the week. Yeah, a nine-day week. <laughs> okay. Well, look, in Solomon's defense, I actually wish that I was more self-controlled when it comes to binge-watching these shows. Because with Haunting of Hill House and then this new show, Midnight Mass, that just dropped, um, I believe, on Friday. I'm, um, I don't know. Well, yeah, so I guess I should give you an exact date, depending on whenever people are listening to this. Friday the 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> you failed so bad. Can you not do, can you not do I math? I can't do basic math. Okay, if today is Sunday, and it was Sunday, so 25th. Saturday. Yeah, 25th. I figured it out. 24th. 24th. <laughs> yeah. Today is the 26th, yesterday is the 25th, the day before will be. Um, I turned the show on pretty late at night on Friday. I'd for, I was like, I'd forgotten that it had come out. And um, yes, I binge watched all of it. I stayed up until a ridiculously early in the morning, the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> Do you want to say the time? Nope. <laughs> People don't need to know how embarrassing it is. that. Yeah, for those of you unfamiliar, the premise of the show is essentially a village priest in some made-up East Coast island, leaves to go on a journey through Jerusalem. And on the day he's supposed to come back, instead of him coming back, a younger priest comes and takes his place. And essentially, all these miracles start happening all over the island. Um, 
But as you can imagine, it being something from Mike Flanagan, uh, something evil is afoot. Oh, no. Or not, or maybe just miracles. Yep. Like, maybe Mike Flanagan just became a diehard evangelical. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. But yeah, highly recommend. Obviously, I binge watched the entire thing. Most of the same cast from you know Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor really are back. Yeah, wow. Um, I think I know Henry Thomas is back. Um, I'm not going to go through the, all the cast of the of the other. Show, I did but. watch the first half of Haunting of Bly Manor, guys. I thought y'all should know. Yeah, did you like it? Yes, I did like it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You watched a little bit of Haunting of of Hill House, well, and, you, and it give you and nightmares. I was I'm still freaked out. <laughs> when I go to bed, yes. It's funny because that Haunting of Hill House was actually a terrifying, I thought, show. But the next two things that he made have been more like horror themed than actually scary. You know? Yeah. Did you think Haunting of Blind Man? Are you just yawning? No. Or, am I boring you? No. Um. Did of you think Haunting not. of Blind Manor was scary? Um. No. Yeah, I don't really remember. It's been a while. I thought it was more like a gothic. Romance. I thought really. it was fun though. Yeah, it was a good time. It, yeah, and I thought that I don't think I didn't think Midnight well, yeah, Mass was I, very scary yeah, at I all. Yeah, I'm just saying I just thought it was fun. I was just yeah. that's all, I wasn't saying like it, you said it wasn't fun. I was just saying it was fun and I enjoyed it. Oh, this was a weird interruption. I did say I thought it you was. You all of a sudden just were like, though. no, I just I, uh, no, I wasn't even arguing with you. Either way. Well, I just realized that I sounded like a whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, there's a scene in Haunting of Hill House that did scare me, and it kind of still does whenever I'm having like a a panic. A freak out in my panic bed. Panic a freak. <laughs> panic a freak out in my bed. And, um, yeah, it's the little floating man with the boulder. In, in the boulder? The, the bowler. Oh, the bowler hat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Well, this is, this is actually a really good way to um, seamlessly transition into discussing James Wan's latest horror movie, Malignant. Uh, your history with James Wan... Honestly, I think that was one of the first horror movies I remember us watching together was The Conjuring. Conjuring. Yes. Um, and I thought you, did, you used to not like horror movies at all mm-hmm. until that. Yep. Um, and I was watching it. I remember we were, me and some people were staying up and watching the movie and you like were supposed to be asleep and you got up and I was like, if you watch this, you can, <laughs> you basically, you can't get scared. <laughs> okay. I don't uh, remember that. I was probably young. Yeah, you were. Young soul. I remember watching The Cabin in the Woods. I know that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. Yeah, so please let's not do that. Yeah, sorry. Continue. No, I was just going to ask. So you're, I know that you watch James, you've been watching James Wan for a while now since the original Conjuring. So uh, what do you think about him as a director? What do you have, how, what is your history with him? Honestly, pretty good history. You know, yeah. me and James Wan go way back <laughs> um, with his movies. Uh, recently, we watched um, Insidious, mm-hmm. which, what's funny is that when we rewatched it, it was pretty fun, and I was actually really scared, but not like the same scared I was whenever I watched Insidious. Was it the first one? The second. The second one, we had to turn off. You started crying. Yeah, I was like seven, eight. I don't know. I was I was like half my age. So. I don't know, but it was weird to me because you already had seen Insidious and you'd already seen The Conjuring, and then Insidious Two, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> um. <laughs> As soon as it came on, like as soon as the very first scare thing happened, you started crying. You're like, turn this off. So yeah, it was like it. A, it was the little ghost lady yeah. walked across the screen, and I was panicked. Well, we watched it again, and it was perfectly fine. Too. Yeah. yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Although I was scared of the demon, the Darth Maul demon. That, that's in tar- that's in Insidious One. Either way, I was scared of one. I wasn't scared of an Insidious. 
Uh, what about the Conjuring movies? Conjuring, love the Conjuring. We haven't seen the third one. No. But I love the first two. But James wanted to direct the third one, so. Oh, really? <clears> oh, <throat> right. well, then we don't care about that one. That one's nothing to us. Did, we, is, did he direct the second one? Yes. Okay, so the ones that we watched were the James Wan ones, which were great. I really liked them. Um, the second one was like set in like London. Yep. Or somewhere in England. Yeah, English, English. Hello. Um, and then, and yeah. Honestly, besides the fact that um, that you know those movies that he made made a lot of money and were pretty popular, yeah, he actually created the whole like Conjuring universe, right? So there's like all these yeah, spin-off Annabelle. movies, right? Dude, that's oh, I forgot. He's a genius. Um, I mean, everything's like it's just everything's. Well, so I don't know. Cool. If, I don't know. If we, well, I don't think it's unfair to call him a genius, but more, he's also a very savvy business person. I mean, uh. he marvelized the horror universe essentially. Which is um, cool. And there are, like, for every terrible um, movie in these franchises, like, the first Annabelle movie's pretty garbage. Really? Yeah, but the second Annabelle movie's great. Yeah. I think I remember watching that. <laughs> you think you remember watching it? That's yeah. the one that was, like, The Orphanage. Yeah, I watched that one. That one was scary. Yeah. Then The, the Nun it, it is terrible. A, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. An what? orphanage. Yes, it, was it was a foster home. Well, you're right. You're te- technically you're right, but they had to like basically a family had opened up their house to take care of these kids that were from all from an orphanage. It wasn't a normal foster family, right? Because a nun was there with them. That's true. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But still, um, the nun is not very good. The nun was terrible. It was, I I found it entertaining. La Yorna was terrible. I didn't. I don't remember that. Um, I think that's about it. I think we've covered most of them. But anyway, so. Important reason for me to do a quick recap on James Wan. Um, when one thing that we haven't mentioned that's kind of the you know big whale in the room is that he the whale in the room is that he directed Aquaman. Oh, yes, um, which I think is worth mentioning. <laughs> the whale in the room that was funny because <laughs> you like the water. Oh my god, they got it. <laughs> you don't need to explain it. Um, <laughs> but there, because there's a lot of different s- sides of James Wan. Also, we just now re- rewatch. I didn't even think about this. We basically have been setting ourselves up for to really do a deep dive on this on this podcast because we recently just went through most of James Wan's filmography because we just went we just re- rewatched the Insidious movies mm-hmm. and we, you also watched Saw, like the original Saw. We did watch Saw. Um, he directed that. Yes. That's true. Good job. Uh, I actually, full disclosure, hate Saul. I don't like the franchise, and I really, really dislike Saul 1. Like, Why? It just feels so cheap. It has so many plot holes. I hate the editing style. I hate, There's nothing about the movie that I like. I think the performances are pretty across-the-board terrible. I feel like... I didn't love the movie, but I also f- I feel like I remember it was fun. I don't remember that you feeling that. I way. don't remember anymore either. But I I'm mean, pretty sure that after it's over, that you did not like it. But that, that's, if you want to like it, by all means, that's I mean, honestly it's likely. But I don't like a lot of things, and I also love a lot of things. I've- this episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. 
The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh man, this is really insightful. Everyone's you know, really getting to know you. <laughs> you know, you know, it's a good movie. I think in hindsight, once again, oh. hindsight is like. I remember when I saw, the, but I don't remember when I saw saw at the theater. I remember thinking it was really good and really gross and whatever. And we watched it again. I just thought it was boring. Yeah, not, in, in, this, in the first movie, it's not even violent. Yeah, there's not even really any gore. In it, it was it was slow. But yeah. the central twist of Saul is so stupid to me. That that guy who's like laying on the floor oh, and he yeah. like stands up and um he wanted a front row seat to all the action. And like how in the world is a guy who's has horrible, painful, agonizing cancer lay completely still still Steel. still on a cold tile floor without moving a muscle? For like eight hours. He's, he's crazy. And how is that? He could give you a better view. He had to have that big latex mask on that made it look like he killed himself. Why was he not just he sitting here. in the booth? It was such a dumb twist. So, so dumb. You know what? That is pretty dumb. But it's still kind of neat, but stupid. But you know what? Whatever. Anyway, so. Uh, the um, movie yeah, that we're talking about. Yeah, so to Malignant, I think, is a great example of all these kind of disparate genres that James Wan has worked in kind of coming together in a way that I would say is surprising. Surprising. Um, yeah. So going in, I knew the, I knew the reviews for the movie were kind of mixed. mixed. To, yeah. For, especially for a James Wan movie, you know, it wasn't getting the big, it did. I mean, it got released at the theaters, but they weren't really doing a huge push because it's day, um, its opening day was also on on HBO Max, so you know what I mean. If you could stream it, they didn't try and do a big theatrical push for it. Yeah. So I was kind of expecting um the worst. The and, worst. Yeah, I was kind of expecting the worst, and we sat on the movie for a little bit. It had been out for a little bit before we watched it. Yeah. Um, and then um, yeah, from like the very opening shot of this movie, where it's like this great like. It could only exist in a um, in a movie set, like as a prop or a location. Was that huge model of like? Well, it's probably CGI, but this huge model of this like l- giant looming asylum. You know, and it's like it felt like something out of like a Frankenstein movie. Yeah, it looked really awesome. It was like it was like the Arkham Asylum. Yeah, and it was it was like these huge two like pillars, and yeah, like um, a castle. Yeah, and it's like a rainstorm, and it's lightning. It almost felt like, in my memory of that scene, is in black and white, even though I know it yeah. really wasn't. Um, I can see it. And then you go in there, and 
some something crazy is you know is happening inside of this hospital and the dialogue is 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 um, kind of hokey and stylized and the way it's shot is not like the conjuring um it was it was shot i actually think closer to insidious maybe insidious yes yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. same kind of lighting you yeah. know what i mean like a lot of like deep bright reds um primary colors you know it really reminded me of like um like italian horror like argento like that kind of lighting style and from there we don't really know what happens you know, in this hospital, it seems like there's some kind of monster or something. Yeah. And killing they sh- everybody. They shoot it. Yeah. With a dark gun. And then, and then it, they say a very important line. No, that doesn't really, you don't, you don't, you don't have to tell everybody the line. Oh, you don't have to say I'm the d- line? You can say it. It's, it's an fine. important line. It's like, a, it's a key part of the movie. That's fine. It's, they say it's time to cut out the cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And then the movie title comes up. Malignant. Yeah, which means cancer, by the way, guys. <laughs> it means cancerous. We learn something new every day yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cancer cell, and it, like, attacks other cells and spreads. It's really cool. It's very interesting. Very, so. It's really cool? No, I mean, like, it's it's a cool, that's a cool title. Okay. I thought you were just Cancer's teaming up with, awesome. teaming with Team Cancer. <laughs> yeah. Love cancer, guys. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. Um, yeah, so, so that's the setup of the movie. And we don't see the monster. We don't know what it is. We have no idea what's going on. And then it kind of cuts to, then it starts, tries to trick you into thinking it's going to be James Wan, a normal James Wan Conjuring style movie. Yeah, you're in a house. Yeah, creepy house. Bad things are happening. Yep. Bad things are happening. There's obviously some kind of like ghost or spirit or something. That was that was you were you didn't why would, what what was that what was the abusive thing gonna have to do with a classic James Wan movie? <laughs> I don't know. That's bad. Abuse is bad. That's not that's not something that happens in like the Conjuring movies. Yeah, but a bad thing happens. Oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah. So we're not gonna just go beat by beat every single smidgen of things. You're right, Dad. Uh, um. <laughs> what was that? What? You would. Uh, um. Did I? <laughs> yes. It was very funny. Continue your story I didn't remember about that. the movie. I don't remember making that sound. <laughs> you would. <laughs> don't do it again. It was really funny. And I, I yes. Um, now, see, maybe lose my train of thought by making all these weird sounds. Okay. Like it was, it was, we were on the ghost. Yeah, so, well, the, the, you kind of derailed the point I was making by when you brought the abuse thing up, just because I was saying it settled, it's, you're settled in now for what you think is going to be a very typical James Wan haunted house movie. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some little tells, at least for me, that this is a trick. And that is because the movie has a... I don't know if I would say goofy tone, but no, let's say it's, it's so heightened and over the top, you know, um, when if, if instead of just doing a, a cutaway of a knife or a cutaway of something that might be kind of, you know, trying to draw attention to like you would do in a movie like the conjuring where the cinematography is, um, a lot more classical. Mm-hmm. He, he will do a full fast push in with the camera, you know? So, Instead of just cutting away to a knife or cutting away to whatever thing is going to be important later, it's going to be like a 
super fast, you know, push in or zoom onto, to, the and onto the object and so over the top that it like, it made me like laugh out loud. And I don't think it was by accident. Yeah. Um, and same thing with the musical cues. Um, oh, dude, those were great. <laughs> yeah. Those were actually comedical. And, well, you remember, in it, and this is a weird thing to compare it to, but you remember in Aquaman, people were all talking about how it was, like, or people didn't like it, were talking about how it was really dumb because, like, every time it cut to Jason Momoa's face, it'd be, like, that guitar riff. It'd be, like, and everyone thought that was, like, really dumb. Yeah. But I think what they didn't get was that he did it on purpose. It was supposed to be dumb. It's supposed not dumb. It's supposed to be cheesy and over the top. Yeah. In this movie, there is no way that you can believe that these musical cues were not intended to be. Oh God. Over the top. They you know were what I mean? So great. Yeah, there, there was one where, um, <laughs> the this this girl's talking to her sister, and she's like, "I just wish that I had one blood relative." And this is the kind of dialogue you can expect from this movie. It's very on the nose, very kind mm-hmm. of silly. It's like, I just wish I had one blood relative. And her sister's like, what are you talking about? I'm right here. And she's like, what you don't know, Susan, is I'm adopted. And then and it goes, oh, how heavy guitar riff. And it's yeah. so great as it yeah. zooms in on her as face. It zooms in on her face. And it's so like soap opera-y. Like it, it was straight out of a soap opera. Oh, that and was it, wonderful. But it is very obvious that is the tone of this movie. And at first I was like, I could not, I did not understand what was happening. <laughs> and, what's, and look, we're going to have to go full spoilers here. Like we said before, there's no reason to even have a discussion about this movie without going full spoilers. Yeah. You know what I mean, there's too many twists and turns. To... Yeah. But, and also I actually think this is a weird movie where it's better to kind of know, you know what I mean? What yeah. to expect. Yes. Um. So, so yeah, we're watching this, this, all this crazy Soap opera stuff, and I'm digging on it, but I also don't understand why he's doing it. You know what I mean? It's not really yeah. making sense why that's happening. And then I guess we don't have to go like we don't have to like give every single thing away. Yeah. But by the time they get to um the end of the or the beginning of the third act, and you kind of realize where the movie's going, then it all makes sense. There is no possible way to take this movie in the direction that they end up taking it without it being in this very specific tone. tone. Yeah. Um, and just, just really quickly, um, the movie is set up to where you think that the, pre- the whole premise of the movie is that this young girl or this young woman mm-hmm. is seeing visions of, of murders. murders that are happening around town. She basically gets sleep paralysis and then it's like she's in the room with the killer watching him Kill. do his murders. Yeah, and it doesn't, it's not always when she's sleeping. It could just be anywhere. Yeah, she just gets, per, yeah. She's just paralyzed. paralyzed in wherever. Yeah, so. And like, it's, it's actually really cool, the special effects they do, because it actually, like, and I can see everything, like, merging and, like, what is it, like, wavy. And yeah. it, like, slowly morphs into a new house. Yeah, they, like, they, like, melt whatever her surroundings are and they melt them into. Wherever the killer's at. Yeah, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, I that out. So, yeah, that's like, that's kind of the boilerplate what you think the movie's gonna be about the whole time. And then the movie tells you that it isn't gonna be mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. uh, anymore. Um, and so, yeah, bef- before I guess I go any further in like the actual plot of the movie, why don't you kind of give your, what your, what were your overall thoughts 
when we first started watching it? You know what I mean? Did it feel off to you or did it just kind of feel just like, Honestly, just like it felt like I was, normal? I was just like, I would just felt like I was just watching a horror movie, man. I was just like, oh, that's that's going to be important later with the hospital thing. And then I was just like sitting in for the ride. So you didn't, you, you didn't feel the same way where you felt you I wasn't like, thing. I wasn't like clued in being like, oh, this knife shot really. <laughs> I know well, everything's I mean. going on now. I didn't mean that. I just meant like, did you feel like it, did it feel like a normal James Wan movie to you? And if it's if it did, I mean, that's fine. Honestly, probably, I think that's kind of the trick that he's trying to play. Probably, I yeah. I mean, I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, okay, that's going to be used later. So, yeah. It, uh, yeah. Well, did you think it was scary? I thought, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was scary. I don't think that was really his goal. I think there were some creepy parts. But I think it but that's was, kind of what I'm saying. James Bond, other movies are scary. That's so true. So once it's when it was not being scary. That's true. I just I guess I wasn't really thinking. Whenever I was watching it, I wasn't like ready for a James Wan movie. I was just ready for a horror movie. Right. You know. So to me, it wasn't. It didn't feel much as a horror movie. More of like a like a creepy, almost action movie. Especially by the end. Yes. Definitely. Um, a suspenseful action. Yeah. The Think about the Conjuring movies and Insidious. These are all firmly PG-13. Um, this movie, I think, was maybe the most violent movie that James Wan has ever directed, including Saw. Would you think that's Saw a good Saw 1, yes. I think that's the only one he directed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By that's a long shot. 100% accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, the, even, the, even the kills when she's, like, seeing the murders, they are... Brutal. They are... Really brutal. Really, br- oh god! And let's let <laughs> the the design of um of this entity that is killing um people is a I think is an is an all timer like absolutely fantastic design. Long trench coat with a lot of buckles. It moves in this incredibly weird like remind me kind of like a Japanese horror movie that kind of herky jerky yeah way where you like move. pop you know yeah. Yeah, really creepy. Like long hair covering him, so you can like you can't see his face. Just like this, really, it's like all dark. Figure. Yeah, it looks like the kind of like the girl from the ring. It's yeah, like the hair hanging down over. Yeah, it's it's just a really cool, you know, ominous figure. And it has its own like murder weapon. Yeah, that yeah. Um, because the the you find out pretty quickly that the killer is killing all the doctors and stuff from that doctors. opening scene. I know my voice is like acting really weird, but yeah, from that opening scene, we're we're seeing the killer is picking these people off, and um, I think the weapon is essentially like it looks like a golden dagger, but it was like a piece of the trophy from one of the main one of the doctors. main doctors. Yeah, um, so it has its own signature weapon, its own signature look, and you know everything. Yeah, it looks like for some gamers, you know me, um, it looks like a Dead by Daylight character you know um because like you said it has a very stylized weapon and very specific look yeah it's different from any other character i've seen yeah and and once we hit that third act which like i said it's impossible to discuss this movie without kind of going into that um we kind of switched genres completely yeah and then um who did i who did i tell you that the the like to say that it reminded me of because frank hinnenlotter right because we i know you haven't seen basket case but um, oh, I, now I'm blanking on that movie that we did watch that he did. It's I don't know what it's called, but 
I know what you're talking about. Um, it's, yeah, it goes it goes full on. Like, are we not going to basket ta- case. talk about the movie that you just now referenced? What the movie that I what the name we can't remember? Yeah. <laughs> Why would we talk about that? Because you can't just say it, and then no one's gonna know what we were thinking of. Well, I can't, I can't think of what the movie's called. That's true, but no, so that's not very interesting. Yeah, it's. Can we at least describe it? Sure. Should we not? Can you? Should we? I don't think you can. Okay. Um, it's pink. Oh my god! <laughs> this is like you derailed the whole podcast. Okay, bringing this up. It, it, this guy makes a machine, and it like activates your pineal gland, and then you start like wanting to do things to people, and it, like it's I don't know. That's all I wanted to say. It just felt weird that we were just gonna talk, say something about it, and then not talk about it. Well, I just thought it was gonna be easier just to reference Basket Case, which more people have seen anyway, and I at least know the name of it. That's fair. But, but yeah, I mean, so if we're gonna talk about the movie that we don't know the name of. The only thing that, the only thing that we can really compare it to is that to this to *Malignant* is that it has that gross kind of uh, like slimy creature design. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just a and it was so over the top, right? Because at the, by the time we get to the end of that movie, his pineal gland is like bursting out of his head and yeah. a, like a little worm. Mm-hmm. That was a weird movie. Oh, the movie's called From Beyond. I just thought of that all by myself, and nobody in the studio helped me or prompted me. Good job. Um, based wow. on a Lovecraft story, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah um, well, it looked very Lovecraft. It looks like uh, Pink and Purple. What is that other movie called? Oh, my God. I can't keep doing this. Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space. Uh, that's a great movie. But anyway, back to Malignant. So we're in the third act of this movie. We don't know who the killer is, but it starts to become pretty clear that the killer is somehow connected to this girl, and she used to have a twin. So you think you know where it's going, right? Yeah. You think, like, I was from from the very, and anybody who's seen a horror movie was, is probably going to have this very similar thought. I assumed somehow that, like, twins were separated at birth, or maybe they were co-joined twins, and one of the twins got, you know what I mean? Separated. Got separated, and they thought was going to die, and now I was getting revenge. You knew something was going on that With involved, twin. yeah, twins. Mm-hmm. Um. What I did not expect <laughs> was for when they finally show us what happened in that hospital scene, for it to be some kind of horrifying, gross monster that's like growing out of the back of her head. And yeah, oh god, it was so weird. Yeah, and like it, I, I laughed when we first saw it. It looked, I mean, it was, it, it it was really, very it funny. was really well done, but it's so over the top and so not the genre of movie that I thought we were watching. It looked like one of those little. Monster finger puppets that they sell at, sell at gas stations. <laughs> yeah, that's um, kind of accurate, honestly. But yeah, so essentially, um, they did try and remove this uh, this person or this entity off of her. And it was really funny because it was so, again, it was so over the top. They're like, but we couldn't remove all of it from her brain. So we had to push it back in. And they literally pushed this monster face into <laughs> her skull and then sew her head back up. Yep. Um, so weird. So, yeah, and then it just goes completely bananas. Like, once they do that, that reveal, it just goes completely crazy. It's, like, very fast-paced, yeah, very action movie. shift in genre. Yeah. Like 100%. And, and setting up what I hope is a million more B-movies with this, with this uh, weird villain, villain thing. Villain thing, yeah. Um, but, yeah. I would say 
it's a movie to know what you're getting into. I think there's a lot of James Wan fans who are going to be disappointed when they go see it because it is so bizarre and they're not they're they're just going to think it's really dumb and really silly. And I think it's one of my favorite absolute favorite James Wan movies just because you can just tell that he loves more than he loves horror movies. He just loves movies in general. And this is a there's influences from so many different directors, so many different um eras and uh, film history, and then he just create just had this crazy Gonzo vision and went for it. And it's fun. I love that. Yeah, so, yeah, good for him. So yeah, for uh, Malignant, what would you what would you say your final final score is? I'll give it like a six and a half soap opera zoom ins out of ten. <laughs> six and a half. Yeah. The crappy, crappy score. It was good. It wasn't. It was. It was good. It just wasn't great. Um, I thought it was fun and entertaining, and I hope there's more. Well, then I'm gonna give it a nine. Okay. How about that? I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Good for you. It's a good movie. Nine out of ten regular old numbers. <laughs> okay. Not doing any. Not even gonna put any tacky little things on it. Okay. Well, it deserves. It deserves some nines. I just feel like it doesn't deserve all nines. Oh my gosh. That's so insipid what anyway that's our show check out malignant if you can go see it at the theater i think it would be an absolute blast at the theater yes um but if not you can check it out on hbo max until next time see ya see ya supposed to tell people about where they can listen to us and all kinds <laughs> of stuff follow us on instagram at kid in the pick and on roguemedianetwork.com all right now we can now we can leave see ya Make sure you subscribe, follow us on Kid Stays in the Picture on Instagram, or follow us on RogueMediaNetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>